You're listening to SBS News. Dua Nurala is 63 years old. She's currently in hospital, recalling the agony of being trapped under the rubble of her home in Turkey for five days. We couldn't move. We were calling God to save us. Thank God that we are survived, but my daughter left us. Norella is one of dozens receiving treatment at Latikia's Tishreen University Hospital and among the scores of people who now have to pick up the pieces of their lives in the wake of the earthquake. This man, 72-year-old Ghassan Rahawi, says his family's livelihood has been left in ruins. My brother and his daughter died. Our shops were destroyed. My shop and my brother's shops and storehouses were destroyed. Everything was destroyed. Assessments of damaged buildings are expected to be completed within the next week and reconstruction efforts to begin in around a month's time. Kasum Atach is a civil engineer and former mayor of the Turkish city of Erzin. He says even though seismic standard building codes were introduced after a major earthquake in 1999, they were hardly enforced. And he says this rebuild needs to be done right. The contracting regulations need to be changed. Not everyone should be a contractor. The man who will be a contractor should have his architect, site manager and engineer with him. People pay the price for their lives, so let the those people see their punishment. In the meantime, some Turkish families, like Husamatin Karaz, are living out in the open. The house collapsed after the second earthquake. We have been living like this ever since. Across the border in rebel-held northern Syria, the situation is even more grim. This man, Ibrahim Ibrahim, says many people have nothing. We desperately need tents. We can stand the cold, no problem. We can sleep anywhere, no problem. But these women, children and injured who we took out from under the rubble who might be bruised. I just dropped my kids off at the hospital. Their whole body is all blue. This woman, Sabah Al-Qadir, says there's a mounting health crisis. All my kids are sick. Come and see. It has been a week from the godforsaken day that happened to us. They have been sick. I just came from the hospital. We also have a martyr. Our situation is very bad. Robert Holden is the Earthquake Response Incident Manager for the World Health Organization. He says work is already underway to support Syrian health services to treat the sick and injured. There is strong national capacity in northwest Syria in particular. Um, that we need to ensure that uh, we give the, you know, the immediate resources, the immediate support, the immediate help uh, to those. They are the backbone of this operation and will remain the backbone of this operation uh, going forward. Uh, so the, our first priority is to ensure that those responding today, those in the hospitals today, those on the front line today, and, you know, get the equipment, the supplies and the medicines that they need to continue doing their job. But survivor Abdelmashad Al-Shawi says people are still feeling desperate for basic needs to be met. We want our voice to reach the whole world, but where is the aid? There are hundreds of people who still need tents and they don't even have somewhere to sit. Find us a solution. Where is this aid coming from? Let's see.
Aid is never going to come here. The United Nations says it's been able to make progress on that score. UN spokesperson Stefan Dujarek says their convoy has now made it across the border into the rebel-held northwest after President Bashar al-Assad allowed aid organisations access through two major checkpoints. The cross-border response continued today with 22 trucks on the World Food Programme carrying canned food and mattresses crossing into northwest Syria through Bab al-Hawa. Um, and also uh, supplies from the International Organization for Migration uh, delivered uh, shelter and non-food items through the Bab al-Salam crossing. State Department spokesperson Ned Price says the United States wants those border crossings kept open so aid can keep flowing in. We believe that uh, the most effective means by which to ensure that these checkpoints can't be shut down uh, by a change of heart uh, on the part of the Assad regime or uh, a whim on, uh, by any particular actor uh, in Syria is to codify these border crossings in a UN Security Council resolution. He says the US also remains wary of signs that relations between Syria and its Arab neighbours may be beginning to thaw. Many have shunned Bashar al-Assad for over a decade since the start of the civil war. But in the weeks since the earthquake, trucks with humanitarian aid are being sent across the border from Jordan and Jordan's foreign minister, Ayman Safadi, is currently in Damascus, making him the first such official to come see Assad since 2011. The US says nations responding to the post-earthquake humanitarian crisis should tread carefully. Deborah Grok, SBS News. 